get ready for the Girls on Games podcast. Your weekly dose of news, reviews, and everything video games. Always served with a good helping of hype and just a pinch of salt. And now, your host, Leah. Welcome to another Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah. I'm the host of this show. This is episode 400. That's right. We are consistent. We did this 400 times, maybe a few more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what a number. How did we manage that, Kat? Uh, This started as a fun little project like 10 years ago. What the fuck? (laughs) What is that in like podcast years? Right? I don't know, like eons. It's like <laughs> podcasting hasn't been around that long, right? <laughs> Holy smokes. All right. Along with that, celebrating 400 this week, um, topic of the show, we have an interview with the voice of Zelda herself. Patricia Somerset is back on the show. And uh, Joelle and I both got the chance to sit down and chat with her a day or so before this podcast was recorded. And it was really nice to reconnect. And she's such a sweet sweet person um that's always you know willing to to you know tell us how things are going in her life the process of you know being zelda and and voice acting and things like that and it was really really nice to have a chance to talk to her, to her again do yeah, you find things she's one talented motherfucker like oh, that's yeah. all i gotta say like it her resume was stacked and mm-hmm. just like the music was so great and the roles that she's done and just what a incredibly like grounded human it was i was blessed yeah, so, so yes nice. i'm so glad to be a part of it so it was wonderful yeah thank you for joining me on that mm-hmm. all right uh we've got on the show Catherine. how you doing i'm good i'm still uh dealing with this cold a bit but i'm good awesome and joelle thanks again for you know joining me for that interview of course of course it was it was amazing so let's get into a little bit of housekeeping before we do the crew check-in i'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this show you can subscribe we're available on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, spotify and podbean if you'd like to get some gog merch you can do that by going to designedbyhumans.com slash shop slash girls on games or maybe you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that by going to our Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash girls on games. All right, uh, ladies, I have had a full packed week of video game things. All uh, not just Zelda, and, uh, but I'm really curious to hear what you've been up to. Uh, Catherine, anything going on in your life? Ugh, uh, <laughs> I haven't been sleeping a lot because of this uh. cold and some coughing fits. So I've been uh, keeping quiet, but... Uh, Today, I left the house, um, went to uh, Frank and Oak with Pascal because he needed to buy some fresh threads, and that's what we did today. Nice. uh, Other than that, um, yeah, I kind of, because I was under weather, worked from home a lot. I only went to the office for one day last week, and I went in because we were, uh, we had a special pre- summer psych assets celebrating uh, a few success from our game and things like that so um but yeah yeah 
not a lot going on. Thank God. Thank God this game came out. Just as I was getting this cold because I would just be, the right time. I would be way more miserable if it weren't for the fact that at every waking moment I want to be playing Tears of the Kingdom. You also <laughs> could still be sick and still be playing Persona. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, the saying. Oh, 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 you went there. Oh, I'd be like insult to injury. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Salt, salt. All things considered, it could be worse. But yeah, I. It's been laying low. I started back going going back to the gym, I think, only like this weekend too. So keeping it pretty pretty quiet. Also, like, don't want to be out and about coughing. No. People yeah. looking at you, staring at no. you. Yeah. You look like um, no one no one wants to be around you if you're if you're coughing or yeah, sneezing. But, uh, no. I did uh grab the last of my um COVID test that I had. It's not COVID. It's just whatever cold that's going around. But I served me as a reminder because um, summer's going coming around, and I got a big. We have a big uh, our yearly barbecue coming up, and I signed up to <clears throat> help with some game demos and stuff for an hour to like help with some stuff. So I was like, I think I need to get a COVID booster <laughs> before <laughs> before I go mingle with like three hundred other like. 300 to 400 other Ubisoft employees. I'm gonna get, I think I'm going to get a COVID booster before that. This coal, If this coal has taught me something, I am not ready to get sick again. <laughs> oh, oh, no. No. Joelle, you, it looks like you partook in the exact same activity that I <laughs> had partaken. Partaken? Mm-hmm. Partaken? Partook. What is the right word? Partook? Partaken. That doesn't sound right. Partaken. Yeah. Partaken I think so. something. We did the same activity. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So how did you like the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yes, I finally got to watch the Super Mario <laughs> uh, movie. I got it through Amazon, and I really liked it. I, I, I you know, we talked about reviews, and I had read some, and I just think folks either they needed something to get an angle to like diversify you know their article but i mean it's a mario movie it's i thought it was really clever um i have to watch it again to try to catch all of the easter eggs i mean there was some there was some pretty great nods to the history of the franchise and i wanted a little more yoshi not gonna lie was like (laughs) felt a little bit robbed uh but i thought the voice acting was great i honestly i kind of forgot chris pratt did mario and now i feel kind of bad that i was a little like <laughs> all on it but um i thought he'd like I, th- I actually thought he did great i thought it was really fun and um i also did actually appreciate the awareness around the fact that like peach and mario and luigi are human but then no yeah. one else is. And yeah. I was like, I actually didn't spend too much time thinking about it, but I loved how the movie really played off that nuance and oddness. It built lore. That, yeah, like, it built I lore. I didn't anticipate. Like, yeah. kind of like, whatever. They're just, he's a human. They're Goombas. That, yeah. Those guys are turtles. Like, wackadoodle kind of thing. And yeah, it actually brought context and lore to the sure. Super Mario Brothers universe. <laughs> it sure did. And, and you know, it had to be blessed by Nintendo. So it's canon. Um, Maybe we just didn't know this lore. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't, know. don't think the Super Mario Brothers movies it over the is, years have been the most 
you know, storytelling. Apparently, <laughs> there is now. There is there now. <laughs> I, I remember the old like TV show. With, yes. with the two weird New Yorkers yes. and the, yeah. the bad Zelda cartoon, the excuse yeah. me, princess. Uh, excuse and I remember me, the, princess. The bad Mario movie. The other, yeah. like, <coughs> pardon me, um, with those weird Goombas. And I think we yeah. all agreed that was not lore because that movie was so terrible that it became a cult classic. So I think it was yes. ignored. It was just like yes. this yeah. movie never. Nintendo was like this movie never happened. Mm-hmm. So, but now, they, but no, no. Apparently, according to Nintendo, it did because they've used bits and pieces. They have, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. not do it. If, yeah, and I don't want to say anything if you haven't seen some of the like teaser trailers and stuff they put out. Because I'm not gonna lie, a lot of the movie was out there in trailers and yes. all that kind of stuff. That's the only yeah. thing that I was kind of sad about was that. But yeah, I did kind of lose the fact that it was Chris Pratt in there. I did not lose the fact that the star of the show is Jack Black. Though. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I, he made this thing. Yeah. I mean, Seth Rogen was pretty good, too, as Donkey Kong. I was going to say, Borderline yeah. annoying, but that's okay, because yep. that's kind of how I anticipated Donkey Kong to be. Yeah. But, yeah. Jack Black is Bowser and is this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really he really took it away and his unhealthy obsession with Peach. I was like this really hit I was like wow, this is really getting into like reality of like <laughs> but they didn't make her helpless either. Which no, is no, fantastic. No. Oh no, I love oh, of course. Yeah. No, I, I love that part of it too. And yeah, I also it was unhealthy. I, it was like wow, I you know, this they really put a spotlight on this and maybe maybe <laughs> Maybe the, the next uh, next time we're gonna get Bowser's gonna grow, have some character growth. I'm not sure, but I also really appreciated how they called out that Mario was a short king, and you know yes. his, his his struggles with that. I thought was yes. really funny because <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really clever too. So I I thought it was great. I loved it. I don't I couldn't want anything else from it. Um, it's definitely yeah. designed for kids, you know, like, oh, this is yeah. not, like, your deep, you know, like, story-driven, like, you know, no. you know, no. It, it's the kids movie about Super Mario Brothers, and it is extremely well animated, well acted, has yeah. great music in it. I heard there's, like, 130 plus songs from mario games yes. in the movie yes wow there's some holy deep, shit there's some deep cuts too and i was listening oh, to it yeah. i was like i was like oh wow i'm like yeah. wow i i was like props yeah yeah, they, yeah. They so did. right now you can either rent it or buy it online mm-hmm. renting it here in canada is 24.99 and buying it is 29 i'm like you know i'm gonna watch this again i might as well just buy it yeah <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what i did because i watched it again dollars cheaper yeah. At the current moment, yes. Yeah. It'll gonna, probably change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll change. Right? Yeah. But yeah, that was hilarious. Um and a and a good fun evening. Mike and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Joelle, what <laughs> what did you write here in the document oh. that you also did? Okay, so I um I'm in a contract position right now with my current company. And my contract okay. is up like Next March. So I, I got some time to kind of okay. find a new job. So they they either are going to convert me or they're going to let me go. Because per Minnesota law, you can't keep contractors on the roster for more than two years. Oh. So when, when two years is up, you either got to convert them or you got to let them go. 
so I have to update my I'm updating my resume because I'm guessing you know three to six months to find a new job so I'm just trying to give myself some time I'm not I don't want to be you know in the in the mm-hmm. pressure cooker trying to find something. Makes but sense. I am shit at writing resumes. I'm so bad at them. I, I I do really well in interviews. I nail a lot of interviews, but to get there through my resume is awful. And so I thought, well, I wonder if like AI can help me write my resume. Like can chat GPT help me write my resume? And so uh, there's articles all over like to help you use chat GPT to write your resume. Um, like LinkedIn has one and yeah. So like I kind of played around with it and like it, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So wow. I uh, kind of played around and experimented with that a bit of like getting some, uh, getting some AI assistance with, a uh, with resume writing. So mm. I, I feel like goes. it would do good with yeah. that just because like it can, Feed all yep. the corporate bullshit like yep. LinkedIn, <laughs> yeah, straight into it because it's just yes. algorithm, right? Yeah, yes, exactly what it is. Because you submit a resume, and the algorithm like is gonna check how many times you use certain keywords, and they're gonna look for like letters and experience to mm-hmm. help you know to help you get a boost over someone else. Um, and so if, if you're not writing it in the way that the bots are going to read it, it doesn't really matter because like. A human won't even look at it. They're going to let the bots sift through stuff before they look at it. So, so you're exactly right, Kat. Like, you put in, you put in the job that you want, and, like, you can just copy-paste a bunch of job descriptions into it. Like, this is the job I'm looking for, and then here's my resume, and, like, it will, it will kick something out. Huh. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So... Scary. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it is it's amazing like how fast some of these things are moving. Um and like what is going on with AI and replicating people's voices and likeness and images. Um I just read something too where like AI will take like if you post a photo of yourself, um AI can take that photo and like remove all your clothing or add things to you and then that image can be regenerated oh fun times we live so it's in just, i mean i'm just saying like it's just like, after putting out 400 episodes i know that it'd be <laughs> you know like it probably like, would be able to, it probably would be able to do a podcast of girls on games by oh itself god, given how much do it yeah oh my god and probably have her humor in it too <laughs> <laughs> that should be an april fool's joke it's like that, can you tell that would be so it probably would be like video games and then like food oh yeah you know totally but yeah anyway so i uh i dived into the 21st century and because you i mean i have to imagine that other people are also doing this so you know you know like i'm not i'm not even going against up like good resume writers or like people that pay 300 dollars to get their resume written like you're you're going against an ai bot yeah so it's like just makes the competition for a job even like that much harder use the tools that are out there that's why not so why not um, Mike and I made a purchase. Well, really, Mike made the purchase. He's gotten very, very into Formula One um, and the F1 game on PlayStation 5. And he's been playing with his buddies. Um, and they've got a league, usually on Monday nights when we record podcast. And uh, he's been talking about picking up a sim unit, like the wheel and the pedals for a while mm-hmm. now. 
So on yesterday, on Sunday, we decided to go out and get it because they had one for a hundred bucks off uh, at Best Buy. The name on this thing is like the greatest thing ever. It's called the Thrustmaster. <laughs> Honestly, when I read that, I was like, she's going to talk about buying this thing? And then I was like, oh. It, yeah, it, I know, because you saw me live type it in and you're like, oh. Uh. I know. Um, but yeah, it's a sim driving wheel and pedals. Um, they have one that comes out for the Xbox and one that comes out for the PlayStation. And it is called the Thrustmaster. And I mean, like, I get why it's called that. It just seems really weird um, of a name. And I mean, maybe that's part of the appeal. <laughs> Thrustmaster, I hardly know her. Uh, <laughs> <hey>! <laughs> Love it. Nice. Love it. That was great. Oh my god. So yeah, I uh, I got to try it today. Um, definitely am better playing uh, a, a racing game with a wheel than I am analog sticks. I'm still trash, but I'm at least less trash. Because <laughs> Mike wanted to play like split screen afterwards, mm-hmm. and we we tried. I I like told my car instantly. Like I'm just like no, I can't do this. He was driving on with the wheel, and I was driving with the controller, and I was like, Mike, you know I can't drive in video games. Everybody laughs at my driving in video games. That's why I usually like take the warps or traversal by feet. I can't even like I was struggling driving the horse in Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> So like at, at least I'm a little bit better with the do wheel, you, but uh, but yeah. Do you push forward on the analog stick? I yeah, that's, and I realize I'm the, not supposed to do that. That's You're the problem. Just, you just kind of like it, it's like having a, a steering wheel where you just kind of like nod hold it bit. steady. You just don't. You just kind of like yeah, left or right. It's like the and often I just do like little ticks. Like cat getting my brain to tell my fingers that i know i understand i i I try to play for honor and they're just like just do a bash over heavy and i'm just like uh what (laughs) between that change your stance i'm like that's too much for my thumb like, <laughs> my brain says do my finger says no my finger says like i am 20 years away from arthritis what do you think <laughs> fix my carpal tunnel <laughs> oh my god all right let's check in with our fantasy critic gonna go to our podcast one right now i'm gonna hit the page reload to I make sure i can a lot see of it movement because yeah. like we're, yeah. we're all waiting for the like the next two yeah. weeks with all the it's big announcements yeah we're all kind of just sitting still exactly the same as we were last week because yeah the next few weeks are going to have lots of announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm clicking over to check on the uh, community one. And yeah, I think this is pretty well the same too. We haven't really moved at all. I'm going to see if there's been any history change. Uh, RGM Studios picked up humanity on May 6th. No, Uh-oh. we would have talked about that last week. So yeah, no, I guess everybody's kind of holding the foot down the fort now, waiting to see, because yeah, um, there's lots of stuff coming and events coming over the next few weeks, including on Wednesday, there's a PlayStation event, which should be uh, quite interesting. And they announced that that Mortal Kombat 1 remake. So so, yeah, more to come. Um, I mean, it's time to talk about what everybody's (laughs) playing, but like, honestly, what are we all playing? Honestly, right? (laughs) How goes, yeah, how goes your uh, adventures in high rules, lady? Ladies, I can't even talk oh, today. <laughs> I 
I'm two two dungeons in, two temples in. Okay. Which ones did you do? Uh, I did Rito, which is the uh, air one, and I did Goron, which is the fire one. Oh, okay. And to keep it Different spoiler direction. free, I'm not going to yeah. tell you where it is and whatever, because like yep. the yeah. whole journey to get to the temple is like part of the fun. Exactly. Or um, frustration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I have to unfortunately confirm that once again, those temples are like the beasts the in mm, Breath of the Wild, yeah, and they're yeah. probably the least fun part of the game. Mm, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Rito one was really easy and quick. The boss fight was great. Mm. Um, the Goron one was way more interesting because I felt like the level design was more intricate. Um, did you did the the Rita one first, right? Yeah, and then I went. I to- have a feeling that they f- kind of somehow pushed you that direction, so that would be the first one you'd do. Yeah, it's, it's feel like, like yeah. a lot of did you. The- they kind of yeah. like wanted you to go see yeah. who, who was it Like it was first. the first dot that showed up, like a whole bunch of stuff. Like, yeah. Joelle, yeah. did you do that one first too? Well, I got to it, but I I don't have the appropriate clothing and I didn't have the appropriate um, uh, elixirs okay. to, to handle it. So I left. And okay. and then I got and I got distracted by all the other things to do. So now I'm over um, in the uh, Zora region. And That's so where I am now too. I'm doing that because I because in the in Breath of the Wild, you know, they push you to do that one first. So I'm like, well, I'm here, so I'm gonna try that one first, and then, and then if it doesn't work, then I'm just gonna like, load up on my elixirs and go back because I I did all the um I can fast travel back. So yeah, but that's what I'm yeah that that's where I'm at. Um, so I, I haven't completed any temples yet. I've just been running running around uh just like just seeing what's different and enjoying like the new landscape and i did find kakariko so i was goofing off in kakariko and if if i may uh, make a suggestion yeah um because it was the same when i got to the gorons if you buy just like one piece of the equipment like um let's say you need like to protect yourself from frost or from heat. Yeah. Usually if you just buy like, let's say like the, the chest, which is usually the cheaper part. Mm -hmm. Um, you should be fine. Like for the Rito, I had found pants in the beginning of the game that was for, um, frost resistance. And then I just bought another piece of that, that cause I didn't have a lot of rupees either. And with these two pieces, I had enough cold resistance to, to do to do the whole thing. Okay, <clears throat> maybe I'll try to farm to get more. Yeah, rupees. but also it's just like it's weird because you have like the gems, like you know the topaz or whatever. Yep. Um, and in this game, if you want, like let's say a magic wand that throws fireball, you need to like fuse a ruby yep. to your weapon. Yep. But at the same time, I'm like a ruby is a lot of rupees. That's I right. Know. That's um, right. And I found like. Not to do any spoilers, but I did find like special pieces of equipment that like once I got to um, a bunch having a unlock a lot of the fairies to upgrade my equipment, some of them use a lot of these stones. So oh. like I'm, I feel bad selling them, but I've, I'm like at the same time, that's how I afford all these sets mm-hmm. of clothing because that's like part of the thing. 
But at the mm-hmm. same time, like you'd say for for the Gorons, I, if I want to, if I remember before you start like that whole quest line, there's a dude there, um, that sells just the chest, and I think it was seven hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, seven hundred rupees. It was enough for me to complete like the whole thing. Oh, okay. I didn't go buy back to buy the rest. I eventually went by because like I want to buy the whole well, set. You, yeah, you have to have. I want to upgrade stuff. everything yeah. because like yeah. I'm obsessed with this fucking game. Yeah. But um, for like the more the people that are like, oh, I'm getting really overwhelmed about everything in this game. If you're just looking to f- complete quests. And not be a completionist of like grinding and collecting a bunch of like bogoblin guts and mm-hmm. horns to upgrade your Hillian set or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can just like you can go by with a lot of the equipment you're gonna find in the game organically, or um, you can just like like I said, you could just buy the chest. Like to complete the whole Rito thing, like if you have one piece of equipment and then food, yeah, have the second level, it works. Or you can just buy two of the pieces. And then never yeah, that's what, I, that's what I did. I was like, about. I just ran out of like the food. And then I said, I got, just got distracted. And I was like, well, I'm now moving on and I'll go back. Cause I, <laughs> so did you, when you did like the Goron, like, cause you know, in, in Breath of the Wild, it wasn't n- mandatory that you had to like have a power, right? From the one temple to complete the other temple. Is that kind mm-hmm. of the same deal where like, it's all kind of self-contained. Like, I mean, obviously it's yeah. helpful, but like you don't have to have it. No, like yeah. I okay. could I could have gone to the Gorons first. Okay. I, I feel like the power that you get from completing like they're useful to complete the temple yeah. and then to complete the area around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that like well, I mean, I've only got the one super extra power now. It's mostly it helps. It's another way to think about transversal and doing things because there's umpteen different ways that you could. There's actually an obscene number of different ways that things can be done because of all the abilities you have. Be it flying up into the sky, like just look look at trying to get airborne. There are so many different ways in this game you could do it. You could go up in one of those towers. You could. Uh, rise on one of those rocks when you use the time thing backwards. You could attach a jet to the your, shell, your shield and throw yourself up there. You could uh, build a contraption to throw you into the sky. Like, there's so... You can climb and jump off something. There, You can warp up high. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different ways that even though you get, like, the, the, the power or whatever, it's just another tool in your toolkit to kind mm. of try and figure things out right and they've designed and maybe that's to the detriment of these puzzles because it's not linear they're not making it exponentially complicated to think about how to use all your tools right and that's why because like you can go any direction at any given time why they're not as deep but i feel like they've made up for that in the figuring out how to get to Mm -hmm. a temple Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely a game that bends your mind to think in ways that you haven't thought before, and it sucks you in like nobody's business. Oh, I know. And you can't play for just like thirty minutes. Like, yeah, I've I've been completely obsessed. It's to yeah. the point where Pascal checks in with me. Like, I was sitting <laughs> down, I was playing, I was struggling with um, <clears throat> a shrine, and it's like. And he's like, don't you have podcast? I'm like, in two hours. He's like, but it's already six and you got to make dinner. I'm like, it's 535. 
I'm fine. And I'm planning to make pasta tonight. It takes 15 minutes. Like, I have time to finish my shrine. Thank you very much. He wants to make sure he gets fed, Kat. Yeah. Obviously, he's spending so much time. Um, like, yeah. It's, like it's, it's to the point where it's like, if I get up from the couch, he gets up and he's like, can I play MLB the show? For <laughs> yeah. like fucking 30 minutes here. Uh, but yeah, and um, he'll have the TV enough because like, work week is starting and I'm not going to have, I don't have a lot of time to play usually during the week. Yeah. So weekends have been, um, very much dedicated to this game. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm, like I'm going to be, yeah. this game is going to be my entire personality for the next month. <laughs> like how I used to talk about persona five and just like dredging through it. Cause I want to finish it. Like, I think like in comparison, a hundred to 200 hours in Zelda are going to go by like yep. so quick. But we're all doing right it together. Now, I yeah. know. Fun day. I know. And I, I kind of like want to give the the game like time to breathe before yeah. we deep dive into and share about some of the secrets and the stuff that we found and the mechanics because I don't want to spoil it for a lot of people and I don't want people to have to like skip the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. And like I I know Simon can't be here right now, but he's also playing it. Um, yeah. So maybe at one point we could do a deep dive into this game, but it's yeah. It still blows my mind how, like, the whole system of building things and the rewind feature, and it's just like, you know, like, physics don't exist in game engines. Like, everything has to be programmed. Like, everything has to be thought of. Everything has to be tested. So I'm just like, how six years to build this game? How did they do it? There's a tweet going around that someone had posted about one of the puzzle solving mechanics or whatever. And if you look at it and think of it, it's not like it's hard, but like thinking about the process of programming that to make that work and to act in the way that is intended based on how in real life, this is what would happen Mm -hmm. is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's times I'm playing it and I'm just like, what genius thought of that? Or sometimes I curse them and I'm like, you fucking dev. Like how dare you put me through this? Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, like some of it is just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, but it is, it's true. Like you can't, you got to think of it in like real world terms of like, how would this work? Oh yeah, this is a consequence if I put fire near this or, you know, what have you. Like it's so, it's so annoying <laughs> in some my, ways. Yeah, my, my favorite thing right now is like, let's say I meet one of those little Koroks that's like, I got to reach my friend. No. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to just like pop out a bunch of stuff and build like a big like four wheel jeep and be like hop on buddy and be like, <laughs> I like to look around and be like okay what's the what's the puzzle that you have that the dev designed because like essentially this game is you get to an area there's something to do you can totally solve everything with your tool set or you can mm-hmm. look around and usually they left things around for you to um to use you know like if you're on top of like in the hebra mountain the Mm -hmm. the shield surfer chick she's still there yeah Mm -hmm. but like i fused a sled to my shield because it makes it easier it makes it better and lasts longer and your shield has longer durability if you use it if you fuse a sled to it but like around her house there's a fucking like zo sled like you don't have to pop it out of your like little gacha Mm -hmm. uh, things 
But it's like, uh, every time I see one of those Koroks, I look around and it's like, do you have stuff for me to build a contraption? I want to try and solve it with like what you put in the environment. But sometimes I like look at the stuff that you, that they left and I'm just like, I'm just going to stick a rocket to the motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even gotten into those yet. Like I'm, I find them and I put them on the map. Like there's a lot of things that like, I'm not into like figuring everything out yet. I'm just like trying to open the map or go and do one thing or whatever. And I see all these things that could easily distract me that I have, thank God for the map and the pin, the pin system. Cause I have a methodology of how I do that. And this is how I'm like, I've played what? 20 something hours, 25 hours of this game already. And I know I am barely scratching the surface. Like I've barely done anything in the sub. I've barely done anything above. Like I am just wandering around, exploring, collecting things, doing whatever. I'm terrible at freaking fighting. I'm weak. Like you would not believe, but I am yeah. opening up that map. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it is, and that's, there's a struggle. Okay. Like I just remember being like, oh yeah. I remember in the beginning of the game, like it was a struggle. And it was like, I have to fight. Like, I have to fight and and trudge through this to get to a level where I feel a little more comfortable. And yeah. I just think that's a really, I mean, I know that's pretty common in gameplay, but I don't know, for some reason, this game, I just, like, feel it. Like, so probably because the weapons break and you're just like, man, like, I had six weapons and now I'm, like, after a couple of fights, I'm down to, like, four. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but there's, they're everywhere. There's, yeah, that's true. I like one of the reasons um, I wanted to find Hetsu so bad, other than the fact that like I had like sixty. Like by the time so I found many. him, like I I literally had over sixty Korok seeds. Like hey, that motherfucker did his dance a lot <laughs> until I went through that whole pile. Um, and right now, like I feel poor because I have like ten or fifteen. Um, but yeah, uh, it's. There was, they're everywhere. Like, I was mm-hmm. always, like, dropping them because I found a better one or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, especially if you do a lot of the shrines and you're, yep. like, you're into finding all the chests. Um, it's at the point now where I find a chest, I'm like, please be a gem. Please be, just be some fucking rupees. Don't, ah, <laughs> fucking traveler sword. You know, <laughs> you know yeah, I did one thing earlier today and it was a, it was a gem and I was like, a gem? For all that work? <laughs> no, no, gems yeah, are gems in are, this game. Yeah, Trust me. You, you want really? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like frustrated. I went, I really needed a bow. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I really needed a bow. Gems are very important yeah. because um, they, you can fuse them to have, like like I said, elemental. Elemental. El- elemental. Elemental powers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, But also they were worth a lot of money and you need a lot of rupees to buy the gear and upgrade the gear and eventually yeah. you'll need them to upgrade the things. Yeah, yeah. That's um, true. That's why I like don't spend any of my stuff except I really like the attaching items yeah. to the bow and freezing things or catching things on fire or blowing yeah, things yeah. up. Yeah, no, yeah. The, the fruits that you find like the dazzling fruit and the fire fruits and the ice oh, yeah. fruits. Those are just fun. fucking love those, them. Oh man, the those flower are expendable. bombs. Spend, oh, spend, man. spend. I can't wait to But I, I do. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, don't because I made the mistake of like having like a hundred and some old goblin horns, and I w- at first I was using them to fuse, but now that I'm had a l- past that, yeah, a lot of exploring and a lot of yeah. resources, and I tend to use more like the the zo the zonai stuff, and yeah. the, mm-hmm. you know you find little soldiers and you fuse their horns instead. Um, I sold them all, and then I finally found a fairy. And I wanted to upgrade the the basic like Hillian set, 
She was like, cool, you need bow gobbling hordes. And I was just like, I just sold them all to buy this fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, it's I usually forgot. how it gets. That's yeah. right. It's like, fuck you. You can't sell all the monster parts. So it's. Like, I forgot how this game is. Like, you better hoard all your shit. Yeah, yeah. and not sell so everything. Money is like, I sell a few of these gems, a few of these gems, a few yep. of these gems, a bit yep. of this, a bit of this, a bit of this, until I edge my way to like three thousand rupees, and I'm like, okay, now I can afford my gear, and then I go buy it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's dumb, but the one thing Tears of the Kingdom is doing better over Breath of the Wild is like I am not running out of arrows. Yes. Oh, see, there I do. Arrows <laughs> everywhere. You gotta break like, open all the crates. Around, yes, they yeah. are a lot. Yeah, they're around a lot. But I will end up getting two spots that will all of a sudden not have any. Like I'm out. Like mm. there's just an area, but it's an area that you're not traditionally supposed to use arrows, maybe, and mm. that's why they haven't like pre-given them in mm. places. I think my headphones are starting to die. How oh, sad. No. Oh, no. How sad. It's cutting in and out. Stay oh, no. Alive. It'll stay alive for the rest of the podcast, I'm sure. So, yeah, we will continue this adventure in Hyrule. Uh, I imagine it's going to be going on for a few weeks as we, you know, taste test other games as well and get into other things. Because, uh, yeah, I saw Steph Alice post about uh, Diablo the other day, and I was like, holy crap, that is close. Mm-hmm. So oh, close. Um, I got to finish Breath of the Wild before Baldur's yeah. Gate. Oh, yeah. We got work to do, guys. We got work to do. True. Yeah. Um, speaking of work to do, we're not going to be talking about news this week, um, though it is usually something we do in this podcast. That's work. Um, mostly because there's a ton of stuff happening this week that by the time this episode comes out, it'll be old news, like that PlayStation event that's happening on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just jump into our interview with Patricia Somerset because, you know, that's what you came here for, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Along with us and our sillies, I'm sure. All right. Without further ado, here we go. And we're back with the interview of the show this week. And I'm so super stoked to have back on this here show, Patricia Somerset. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Leah. <laughs> it has been too long. <laughs> so long. Yeah. yeah. So originally you had come on and joined us for episode 107. It was your first interview after playing Zelda? I'm pretty sure it must have been, it was, it must have been my first or like so close to the very first interview ever that I had done um, for that first game for Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, you got to join us a few other times with Victoria Atkin. Uh, You're on episode 156 and 189. And yeah. I'm so stoked to talk to you, with you today because you want to know what? You're on episode 400. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have been busy. <laughs> Consistent. Consistent. We try. <laughs> so, yeah, I was super stoked to get the chance to kind of like when Danny reached out to say, hey, you're available to have chat. I was like, yes, let's go. Because a lot has changed in seven years and I want to talk about it. What's your journey been like since the last time we spoke? It's been, it's been pretty Zelda heavy. Like, yeah. It's actually, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been many, many things. There've been many things that have occurred in seven years in life, but there has been that sort of backdrop of Zelda being part of it the whole time. <laughs> That's quite, quite wild to think about. What yeah. have you been up to besides Zelda stuff? Oh, gosh. Um, Lots of other kinds of work, Um, doing some live action, other video games, recording an album, which we just released this last week. That one took like several years to sort of um, ship away at. Um, Gosh, relationships, um, sort of moving around, deciding where to 
land and ultimately spending a lot of time back in Montreal too, LA, Montreal. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And lots of like traveling around the world, really, I guess in seven years. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on the new album. I uh, got to listen to it full through. Um, It's really awesome. Um, And I do have questions about it. Uh, I want to know, first off, the song Video Game Symphony, track six. Oh, yes. Is that one based around kind of your experience, you know, traveling the world, your relationships, uh, you know, changing and things like that with, you know, all the stuff that's happened with Zelda and other video game things that you've been involved with? It, it is. I was trying to sum that up in my own mind about what that song is about, because it's kind of an ambling, um, sort, of, sort of an odd structured song. But I guess what, what had happened um, when the whole Zelda thing came about was I ended up watching and attending a lot of video game symphonies. Ah. So it's sort of an ode to the, the genre of the video game symphony itself. And then also on top of that, there were some relationship stories in there that are very loosely, like very, very loosely based. Um, but, but there's sort of a backdrop of a lot of different sort of splats of paint from that time that are in that song. So it's kind of a, yeah, but it is ultimately funny enough an ode to a video game symphony and its structure and then um, kind of a love story on top of that um, gilded, <laughs> the nice version of that love story. I guess. Yeah. yeah, it was. It, you can definitely feel it because I do feel and hear nods of video game soundtracks. I feel like I heard a little bit of Zelda theme in there, along with other stuff kind of intermixed and video game orchestras has been something that we've been really interested in over the years we did something at comic-con years ago we were we kind of talking mm. about like the history of music and video games and all that kind of stuff so yeah when i was listening to that one and then doubled back to listen through it again because i was like huh i hear things <laughs> i i you know there's definitely nods to stuff that you've you've yeah. worked in and, and things like we that didn't want to rip anything off but just yeah. sort of um sort of like you hear what what like hopefully would be a nod to something that you would yeah. maybe be able to pull out like just retro gaming things and I don't know if you notice like the the waltz section in there that suddenly gets a bit wonky. That's actually like underwater Mario. It sounds nothing like it, but to us that was sort of a version of like Mario swimming underwater. The yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah. And I love the uh, the title track as well. More of the world. Oh, it's very epic. I I was listening to that and then had to rewind that one again. I was like, I like this song. Yeah, that one, Nick wrote that one because we, you know, we we co-write these songs and that one came out and I was like, I love this song. And that we, that's why we also named our album after that particular song, because I feel like it sort of encompasses the, the spirit of the entire album, probably that particular yeah. song. Yeah. yeah. So it, congratulations. That only Thank just came you. out like yesterday, Friday, well, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday OK, yeah. But yeah, excellent. Been, I don't even know Amazing. what day it is right now. Yeah, who does know what day it is? I've been so sucked into video games and work that like, you know, <laughs> what, who knows what day of the week it is? <laughs> Are you doing Korok war crimes? Are you doing anything like that? Are you just... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, wow. OK. <laughs> That's a yes. <laughs> I, haven't I just put went any... straight in. OK. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't put any Koroks up on like crosses or anything like I've seen yeah. other people do. But yeah. Roasting them and a roasting them. Yeah. 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 There's been some some mean things done to Koroks. Poor little guys. 
<laughs> I did enjoy the launching into space round compared yes. to Major Tom. Uh, That's probably one of my, it's sweet. Yes. And amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, I know Joelle has some questions as it's her first time meeting you and things like that. So yes. Joelle, take it away. Yeah, I uh, did a little bit of uh, Googling um, and looking into your uh, background and it's really extensive. Like, you know, your performance ranges um, from live performance to, you know, ice dancing and on stage and TV, like you mentioned. So like, is there a particular medium of performing that you enjoy the most? I've often wondered that myself. Like, is, is there something that I could maybe that, that comes out ahead that I would specialize in more, but it sort of just depends on the year. Um, and it mm. sort of just depends on what prod, um, what project comes up. And I feel like I end up using a variety of those skills in each of the projects like for example i'm working on a motion capture project right now that i can't oh. talk about but i feel like so much of what i've been doing on stage for for singing and then also just theater live performance all that stuff is so useful when you go onto the motion capture stage and then and then film work so it really depends on the project like i've done some pretty fun film projects like tv projects in the last little while three pines got to um, share some scenes with like alfred molina and I would never take those back for the world. I can't be like, oh, I like video games more. I'm like, no, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Even though in general, I, I love working in video games and the kinds of ensembles that you can find in the room together. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. I feel lucky that I get to have a variety like that. I'm one of those lucky ones. Yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it was truly amazing. I was like, oh, the, the talent kind of knows no bounds in, 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 well. in a sense. <laughs> well, no, like, you know, because there's definitely people that like want to specialize and kind of zero in on one, but um, it seems like you're able to uh, have all these little tidbits and tricks of the trade that seem to overlap and really um, mesh in, like you said, like motion capture, um, lends itself because you've done all these other experiences so it like helps you be so helpful in, in in that so I mean it's just it's just amazing and so how like was there how did you get into video game um like the video game space it was I mean it, it happened when I was in theater school so I was training for theater I had just kind of quit ice dancing competitively got into theater school and was really excited to find another physical process where I could be storytelling like that and then I took a like a voice acting class in university at Concordia. And that was where I learned you could actually get paid to do voice characters and work in video games. And I was just, my mind was blown. So I started pursuing it. I've, I've pursued it really as long as I've pursued theater, which is like early 20s. And, and I just sort of moved up from indie games, did my first demos, did my first little radio ads, and then slowly started expanding upon that kind of a, maybe a boring story in that way, just like, laying the little bricks and then eventually got a first triple a game and was like, Oh my God, I've made it. And you know, then you're, you're like, well, actually not. No, you just, you're only as good as your last gig and you have to keep going and going and going, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's amazing. And I think that's also like really helpful advice. Cause I think other people might look at um, some success and think it's overnight, like it's instantaneous and oh, that just kind of happens. And so uh, I think it's, you know, wise words to say, like, if you, like are interested it's just kind of the keep keep on the grind like keep on working and, and building building networks and building resume and going for it definitely i feel like you're you're always gravitating towards the things that hopefully just they suit you and so you have to say yes to those things and it will guide you pretty much in the right direction because you can't be pushing at things that don't um respond to you so i think inevitably 
um, I guess the fact that I do a lot of different kinds of art has then sort of guided me in the direction of the kinds of hybrid work that require a little bit more of that sort of diversity there in terms of what what genre I'm working in. Um, yeah, I, everybody's journey is so different there. And I, I honestly never know what advice to give people entirely because really like some people do make it right away or some people are like super, super niche and that's what works for them. That's just never been my experience personally. People were like, you have to be really niche. You have to go just into voice or just into this. And I'm like, I don't think that's ever been my life experience. It's just never, never worked out that way for me and still doesn't really. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So like speaking of like kind of, you know, working your way into different um, like spaces and I know we're going to talk a lot about Zelda, but <laughs> is there any other um, like character or piece of work that you would want to like dip back into or reprise to see what else is out there to explore? Oh my goodness. I mean, there have been some shows like um, that have, have had one season that I, I just think like, oh, it'd be so fun to carry a character further into a next season so often that that doesn't get to happen zelda is one of those truly unique experiences where you get to do something over a period of th three games um how exceptional is that um and I, I guess the other experience i've had with that is like ash and rainbow six which is now you know pretty much seven years i think um i've been voicing and then it turned into performance capture for ash so again there was like that continuity through I can't think of any in the moment that I'm really specific, like, oh, I have to go and revisit that character. I feel that way about sort of all of them. <laughs> and if I don't get the opportunity to do it, I tend to use what I what I can from characters or unrequited process <laughs> and bring it into the next thing. Because you tend to be obsessed about a few key things in our art for a given period of time. And it does tend to bleed into everything we do. I wonder. I mean, that that's sort of my experience wherever you are in your life. Um, you you just have like a framework and then you you use it in whatever you're doing different iterations that's the um, cool thing about art I find is because it's not done in a vacuum right and you end up taking bits and pieces and it's like an amalgamation of like your life choices and things you've learned and things like that and then every every time along it's like the next step in it the next evolution where there's still bits and pieces of before but then just reimagine it as something new absolutely I imagine you guys have the most interesting because I mean you're you're on like what 400 episodes you said it's nuts you just must have like just as as interviewers you must have such a and artists yourself but like as interviewers just like a well of crazy information from 400 episodes with artists and using that as a foundation for your next interviews but also I imagine it must be really interesting to use that in your own life to what you learn like on a yeah. weekly basis yeah, totally. And like taking stuff from like my day job and stuff at iHeart and like mm -hmm. bits and pieces of things and and learning stuff and then like how things from here can help translate over there and vice versa. It's yeah, it's it's kind of wild. And like where the entire team here at Girls on Games all have entirely different life experiences and do different things. Right. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. And that's what I like about having conversations like this is like coming together and seeing where everybody comes from and what what art and creativity comes from it, right? So I find this super interesting too. Yeah. And All right, let's let's talk Zelda. Okay. <laughs> Zelda Tears of the Kingdom oh, is, is that here. what you guys are here for? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things I could talk about, but yeah. yeah. Well, I think the audience is here for Zelda too. So. Exactly. What's the reception been like? Because it's like a bit of over a week since launch now. 
It's been, I mean, as much as I've had time to actually engage with it, because I've been wildly uh, busy um, this mm-hmm. last week, both with the, the two releases and also my parents were in town, which is super rare. And my boyfriend was in town, which is super nice. Um, I'm trying to balance all that, but it's been like overwhelmingly positive um, on every front. And that is really like a relief. It's a relief. It's also just joyous. It took so long to get here. And I'm like, oh, really? Wow. It's just all very, very lovely and positive. I have no, actually no experiences uh, in the other direction at this point. So excellent yeah yeah that's great that's i feel like the first like gamers yeah. positive. wow <laughs> that's very good maybe i'm just not seeing the other stuff but if i'm not that's fine skin it right there's so many times where we there is some salt added to things so oh, we might yeah. as well bask in it while you can right right <laughs> definitely if there's anything we've learned from the last year is it's bask in the good times when they yes so true. All right. You've now essentially over the course of three games have become the voice of Zelda. So that's, you know, we've had Breath of the Wild, Hyrule Warrior, Warriors. I, I'm going to mispronounce yes. things here today. Here we go. And warriors. of course, war, warriors, warriors. Yes, with an accent that I didn't know I had. <laughs> Is there comfort in knowing now that you are kind of one of the major you know, pieces of this iconic character's makeup? There is. Yes. I, I couldn't deny that. I'm, I, I've never, ever taken it for granted with each game. I'm always like, wow, I get to do this again. This is amazing. Um, I never know what else I'm going to be doing in life and what projects are going to come my way. I try to be really adaptable about that, but there is something like pretty solid and awesome about the feeling of being able to do yeah, a triad of games or just, yeah, a triforce of Zelda games. <laughs> How do you think... Yeah the internal vibe of Zelda as you kind of like put on your hat and you're in the voice booth. How do you think that's changed now since Breath of the Wild up through? I think it's changed in that even with each script being a new script and each process being a new process, there is there is a trusting of my intuition because I've I have sat with this character for how 60 well nearly by well, seven years because obviously it got recorded as well um but it, it when i when, when i was first drawing from it there everything was an unknown and so a lot of energy goes up into sort of all this this new creation and innovation of even just the framework in which you're working and now with this third game you know you you already have I've been sort of living in and out of the games with the understanding of this character and building upon stories of her um just across like so many platforms really um and in real life and so yeah i just i carry with that that sort of intuition that i've walked around with her in my body a little bit and it really does change um how nice how nice it feels <laughs> to go back into it um yeah there was maybe more of an imagination exterior to interior before and now it's like it sits in my gut in a different way when did you find out that you were taking on round three of Zelda with Tears of the Kingdom? Can't be so specific about dates because that's really not for me to say, but um, guess like, as you know, like in general, these things are sometimes one of the, like the last part of the process to put together mm-hmm. and this game had some delays. So um, I'd say it was like a little later on in the process. Obviously everybody's known about the sequel since 2019. It wasn't in 2019. It was later. So I, I waited a while. <laughs> I was like, hmm, 
I wonder when that call is going to come and if it's going to come. <laughs> and then, of course, Hyrule Warriors um, happened in the in-between. So I was like, OK, well, this is a very good sign. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it was after that. <laughs> Did you do anything special on lunch day? I went down. I was in L.A. Um, oh, yeah? Had Yeah, I, I was in L.A. We had a pinball party. Um, ate with the, the director and the casting director's help network. It was really, really lovely. It got to, um, yeah, have a kind of reunion with some of the cast members and had a few glasses, cheers a lot of people, ate some delicious pizza and got no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a launch day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, because it was interesting too, like as obviously knowing our history together and kind of watching and waiting to see when the announcement was coming of yeah. you taking on this role again. And then Matt Mercer's announcement came. I was like, is this mean Patricia's going to say something? And I'm like scanning through Twitter. And I was like, wait. But then when you finally did, I was like, oh, this is excellent. Um, how did you get to work with Matt at all? Not directly. Um, okay. No. Uh, okay. As those often are, they're, they're dubs in a, in a room. And so you don't actually get to um, yeah, be in the same room with, with anybody. But uh, no, yeah, I, I'll be curious to sort of, because I've, I've obviously met him in life as well, but mm -hmm. I'll be curious to have a, a real life conversation with him at some point and a great old, hey, isn't this fun? You know, <laughs> it'll yeah, happen. I kind of, I kind of figured that that was kind of like the experience and considering like when the time was that these games were getting developed was the middle of COVID. Mm -hmm. So yeah. quite possible keeping things separate. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, you're also a big fan of the game. And I've noticed, and you already mentioned a little bit before, um, take a great joy of seeing the contraptions people have made. Um, <laughs> is there yeah. anything, any other contraptions that you think are super creative and crazy builds and stuff? Oh dear. I mean, the one that I saw that was very sort of phallic, like the robot that exploded, he had a <laughs> yeah. rocket. I was like, of course, everything goes straight back to the most sort of classic, you know, yep. man builds rocket with, you know, phallus. And, uh, of course, that's, but I, I, I had, I got totally got a kick out of that. It felt very, yeah. Not 2001 Space Odyssey, but I was like, really? Like, you sort of. <laughs> Of course, that everybody's going to gravitate to the uh, the like those kinds of objects and things like that right Can't off the get go, it. right? It's a rocket. I mean, yeah, oh, it's yeah. classic. Did you see the Trojan horse one? Oh, that is ingenious. Yeah, that is ingenious. The Trojan horse jumping into the Trojan horse and then moving it. Yeah, yeah. that's that kind of stuff. I, I knew I was going to see some crazy stuff, but that to me is one of the toppers, like one of the the sort of highlights for sure. When people get all sort of like Greek mythology about it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Like when I was playing it, you know, my reaction to how different the gameplay mechanic is of like, you know, you can you can build whatever. It's this big sandbox that's kind of dumped into, um, you know, a high rule in this game. So like, what was your reaction when you were, you know, seeing it for the first time and being like, oh, this is a this is going to be a different way to experience um, this game and these characters. Like, how did how did that like sit with you? When I saw the, like the first time the mechanics were happening. Mm -hmm. Well, my first thought was, OK, fusing weapons. I'm like, we're going to see some incredible stuff. And I was watching the, the gameplay demo as well, like with everybody else and just going, OK, because I mean, Breath of the Wild was already so expansive. And I I had just spent some time looking back over like horse glitches where, you know, somebody had sort of taken a fire arrow, killed their horse with the fire arrow while drowning, waking up and then having a horse that's permanently on fire 
you get off the horse, it creates a blood moon. Just these crazy glitches that can happen just that people are still creating after like six years of Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is going to be, it's infinite. It's just, it's infinite possibilities. It's so mind boggling. I don't even know where to, I can't think about it too much. It's almost a little overwhelming. Cause I'm like, what, what is it gonna be? Uh, uh, yeah, so I felt like overwhelmed, but in a good way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, like, because, like, people are just going to keep on creating and keep on engaging, and it's just going to be, like, because there, there has been, too, the reaction of, like, I've done nothing in this game, and I've done everything in this game. Like, you can yeah. do, you can just play in the game and not engage with the story, um, but you can do, <laughs> <laughs> like, hours upon hours upon hours. I think that's what I'll do. Like, I'll play the game and the story, and then I'll go back and be like, all right, like, what are the crazy things that I can create? Because I, I love to engage in, in story and the characters, like, that's like why I love to play video games. And so, um, but it is, it is, it's a totally new game. I think it's just uh, really wild how it's a sequel, but it's like, a, it feels like a new, a new thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed by that too. Um, I, the fact that it is, it's somehow managed to be in the same world, but actually so new with these new, um, I, I don't know what you call them, like el algorithms or anyway, things that you can employ in this world. Um, wow like bravo nintendo like i mean <laughs> but like what do you and i have nothing to do with it i'm just kind of going oh huh, you know <laughs> that's the game that i voiced something in yeah crazy yeah amazing um i guess one of the things that we haven't really had a chance to talk about over time is the fact that now as the voice of zelda and many other video game characters and perform and different acting things that you do you get to go out to events and be at cons and all that kind of stuff what's that been like yeah, because the first time we spoke, I guess, was before most of that had gone down, right? Or yeah. almost before any of it had gone down. Yeah, really, really early in the process when you and I got to speak, because, like, yeah, the game had just come out, just I want to say. Out. Yeah. I think I was, and I was just, I was like, what is happening right now? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Your Twitter blew up, yeah. and everybody was calling, and you were like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and in fact, I think, I mean, maybe the first experience I had at a convention was Kuwait uh, back in 2017, which was like getting flown to Kuwait for the Kuwait Comic Con and then getting picked up in like a pink stretch limo. And I was like, what is happening right now? You know, like I just had no, I was like, okay. And it's never been like that since. I mean, that's, that was like, it was like all downhill from there. A royal treatment from Kuwait, but like nowhere else. Yeah, signing autographs from sheiks. I was like, I'm a sheikah and I'm signing autographs from real sheiks. This is crazy. <laughs> Wild, you know, to be a princess, like signing autographs for princes, um, like that happened. So I was like, okay, that's really, I mean, granted, yeah, you go to places in the Middle East and there are a lot of, a lot of princes, you know, but yeah. Still, uh, still strange. Um, it's been, it's, it's funny how big of a part of my life that became. And I, I obviously took some solid years off during the the pandemic, uh, which was also really good because I got quite burnt out from all the travel, <laughs> all the travel, and trying to sort of keep up that strand of stuff while also remaining creative and working on new things. It took, a, it was an adjustment, I have to say, and I don't want to be too dramatic about it, but it really did. When you're suddenly traveling everywhere, it shifts everything. It shifts your energy levels, your trajectory of what you can do in a space at any given time. And I just was trying to say yes to everything. And it was, um, I got really exhausted. And then the pandemic happened. The timing couldn't have been stranger and probably more perfect for me to just stop everything. 
I'm sure a lot of people feel like that. I mean, obviously so many things have happened in the last year, um, all, all different experiences, but mine was that I, I slowed down after doing a lot of conventions and then uh, started writing more and kind of took a step back from things for a little while. I actually just feel like I'm just starting to get out into the world again in the last year, sort of amping up. And I, I will do Comic-Cons over the next two years. And then from there, I don't know. I don't want to overdo it as well mm. because I don't want to be, I'm not a Comic-Con actor. I'm not, I'm not somebody who wants to rest on my laurels of just like, yay, I did this. Therefore, this is going to bring me and that, you know, out here and it's going to get in the way of my other work. Heck no. I mean, I, it's all about what's coming up in the future and all about what I'm going to be doing next. So important. So I did feel at one point that the Comic-Cons got in the way of me expanding other parts of my creative space towards the end. And I was like, this isn't the, this isn't the best proportion here. So I'm careful now. Um, I think I'm doing less <laughs> and I'm, I'm careful to kind of keep an eye on that. It's so, it's so hard though. Cause you get invited to places and you're like, Oh, I can squeeze that in, you know? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. You live and you learn. And I think that's the vibe that I actually got out of the song from your album. <laughs> that yeah. you were like learning during the process of yeah. like, I'm going to Japan and doing all yeah. these kinds of stuff. And then you're like, maybe it'd be kind of nice just to settle for a bit. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I never got to Japan. That song was all about wanting to go to Japan. Oh, and really? And it was a dream. And I've never been. I've actually oh. never been to Japan yet. <laughs> all right. We're, we're going to summoning circle that. It's going to happen. It's coming. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Sending the good vibes. <laughs> What's it been like meeting fans? Awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. The, the fans of the Legend of Zelda series are there are so many families. There are so many people who like to solve puzzles. It's just like, they're really good vibes. <laughs> I meet a lot of like, a lot of young kids who are sort of born into the the, the series um, of fandom from their from their parents and, and siblings. And it's just great. Yeah. And I've seen, again, like I'm sure you've seen me talk about this too. Like I, I have a special place in my brain for Zelda tattoos and cosplay, but I've seen so many Zelda tattoos in the last seven years that or six years I should say but they're, they're incredible uh all the variations all over the world lots and lots of Zelda tattoos and lots and lots of amazing cosplay um and I just I'm like wow it's just a, it feels like a part of my life <laughs> this is a part of my life that I contend with and enjoy and feel like a, a kinship to this idea um yeah it's great it's great Leah it's awesome I love it there's a, a bit of a meme that you've created, almost like a personal meme, um, when you go to cons now, where you do this slow motion diving oh, the, onto your bed. The bed where jump. Did, where did that come from? That started in <laughs> Kansas, in Wichita. It started in Wichita um, back in 2017. I just jumped on a bed and I was like, I'm going to film it. Um, and then I was like, ooh, I became a little obsessed with it. And then I was like, oh, this is actually a way of documenting where I've been because otherwise mm. if you're doing a lot of them in a row or even not like they, all the hotels look the same the convention spaces tend to look the same you meet people you can sometimes meet them in multiple places you don't know where you met them <laughs> and it all it, it, it becomes a sort of wash of like white hotel rooms and convention spaces and a lot of stimulation a lot of really fun things coming at you but it's exhausting so you anyway uh, the hotel bed jump was a way to sort of document and say I was here and also celebrate do something buoyant um while arriving like a nice little ritual and then I stopped that and I've just started it again so I think I'm going to continue with it 
I like it. And it's it's interesting, too, because the last one that you did was in front of a mirror. Yeah. And I was like, wait, who's in it? No, that's a mirror. <laughs> you know what it actually was, which is really strange? It was a TV screen that for some reason looked like a mirror. And I saw oh, it wow. and I was like, oh, I'm going to do that again and interact with that. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was a very yeah, it was a weird little. I thought so. I thought you had multiplied yourself. I thought I had too. Wouldn't that just be so? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Get double the work done. <laughs> so you're celebrating launch of the game, celebrating the launch of a new album. What else is going on in your life? Oh man, some great things. It's been really great, actually. It's so nice to be able to say that. Um, I have a really I, I can't talk, I'm not going to talk about it or anything, but like a really wonderful relationship that I've been enjoying, been dating somebody for a year and it's just been like the right, the right thing. It's been so good. So I'm kind of excited about that um, and the travel that we're going to do in the future together to see each other. And um, yeah, my family is all pretty well right now. So I'm just kind of counting my blessings there. And work is is really fun. I'm starting some new projects and working on some other ones. You know, all the fun little NDA things. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of the scope of it, I guess. It is really touch and go. Is like, where am I going to be? What uh, what am I going to ap- actually be working on in a few months? Don't know. Um, but there's a there's a sort of peacefulness when I think about that at the moment because I feel like I'm living my life right now in exactly the way that. I, I would like to be doing so, which is not always the case, but I feel like that right now. So I'm like, cool. <laughs> That's beautiful. You know, like it really it seems just like a really beautiful time and um, like centered, like you seem just like very like grounded and sure and there's stuff that's out and then there's new stuff coming and I don't know, just that sounds like amazing. Thank you. I mean, if you'd asked me like two weeks ago, I'd be like, before the launch, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's got that post-launch exactly. glow then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Love launch it. It tomorrow. I'm just going to be like flattened on my bed, like I'm so tired to think. You know, but it, you know, so day by day. But in general, in general, I've I've felt like maybe the last sort of year, year and a half have been more centered, and I've done a lot of work to try to figure out like what balance I need in terms of extroversion, introversion. I am a lot, I am introverted. So if I'm too extroverted, I get zapped. And I'm like, remember Patricia, <laughs> remember <laughs> your introverted side. It needs love. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Good life lessons. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us again. I oh, really appreciate pleasure. it. You're so busy and doing so many cool things. The fact that we get the opportunity to talk again is just Speaking lovely. Speak of the devil. Speak of uh, the devil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, anything you want to plug right now that you're doing, working on, where people can connect with you? I'm on the same little socials that, I, that I'm that i often on. I, I get on there um, at Somerset underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Um, somersetband.com for the album if you're interested in indie art folk music and uh, yeah that's sort of it I mean I have projects coming up so I always check back there convention appearances they'll be on my website patriciasomerset.com often updating that so that's that's pretty much it right now yeah we'll keep our eyeballs peeled if what's next and uh, hopefully we can do this again and not wait as long as we did last time without a doubt yes. <laughs> yes perfect thank you Patricia my pleasure Leah And that wraps up the episode for this week, as always. I want to thank Catherine for putting together the show notes. Even though we don't have links to stories, we have links to other things like uh, 
Patricia's social media. So you can follow her online and all that jazz. Um, as always, uh, if you could do us a uh, very, very, very helpful uh, activity, that would be leaving rating uh, a review or rating this podcast on the podcasting platform where you are consuming it. That would be most helpful. Um, we've done 400 of these now, and uh, we do use the ratings and the reviews and the comments and all that jazz to help us build our shows. And uh, yeah, it'd be much appreciated because it helps with discovery. Since we've been doing this for 400 times now, we want to get some more listeners and uh, share the love. So uh, thank you for doing that. Uh, this is the moment in the show where I give the crew the chance to shout out their social media handles so you can follow them everywhere online. Catherine, where can people find you? Oh, my um, social media that I'm currently ignoring because I'm playing too much Zelda is <laughs> C-S-D-S-B-I-N-S. It's bien on Twitter and Instagram. I'm... Mostly in the Girls on Games Discord, though. We, but although that's slowly but surely getting neglected as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely tough to keep up with all of it. We, all you want to do is play Zelda. Joelle, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram. Blah, blah. People can find me on Instagram at JoelleLauren87. <laughs> and then also on Twitter at Gamer underscore Comfy. Uh, but always in the Girls on Games Discord. Come and say hi. Thanks to Simon for editing this show. Uh, as always, we're uh, looking forward to him coming back. And you can find me, Leah, Dewar, on most social media platforms. But of course, you want to know everything there's to know about Girls on Games. You can track us down at The Girls on Games on Insta- on Twitter and Facebook. Just Girls on Games, no thought in there on Instagram. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this convo and more. But of course, if you ever don't want to know anything at all, you can check it out at our home base. That is our website, girlsongames.ca. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Joelle. Thank you, Simon. It's been another lovely week in video games, and I'm off to Hyrule. Bye! Bye! Bye.